Hello and welcome to the Greg Fearon podcast with your host Greg Fearon and I wanted to today talk to you about the hardest part of getting in shape, losing weight, getting what you want. And just to preface this, I've been coaching women to help them get fitter, stronger, leaner, lose weight, get healthier, but also live a better life to the dreams that they want for about 20 odd years. So I'm old in this game. I'm old. I'm old school, right? And the biggest thing that really always comes out and always surprises me is that if we're really honest with ourselves, really honest, the facts and figures around weight loss actually haven't changed that much. They actually haven't changed immeasurably. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden there was the, the human anatomy changed massively um, or evolved in some way that meant that the weight loss game had changed. Now, what has changed for sure is our environment. So if you're a woman listening to this, like, yes, your environment plays a massive role in the decisions you can make, the food you eat, the life you live. For sure. I We can't beat that, right? And we live in a world where, a capitalist world, which I think we have to take what we get with it, right? We can't moan about the kind of need for money, but then also be happy with the benefits of that same system that we say we hate right so it's quite funny um how humans do this we want everything our way so yes your environment has a massive impact in how you eat how you live etc okay but there's one part that at a really deep level that nothing else can really influence and this is why it's so hard for people to accept things that are facts, things that are real, okay, and evidence. So let me give you an example. Um, I had a client, um, I'm going to call her B, and for years and years and years she'd said to me, I'm going to come and see you about losing weight, I'm going to come and see you about getting healthy. And this had kind of gone on for about three years. Like we must have spoke over about two or three years before she actually came to, she actually decided to work with me to actually solve some of her problems. Right. And we had chat fairly regularly and she'd be like, Oh, you know, I'm going to come and see you. We're going to come and see you. And I'd be like, yeah, cool. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Cause I've realized over the years that you have to be ready to change. That's the first thing. Right. So if we're going to start giving out some tips here, first of all, you need to check your readiness to change. Um, and there's a saying, I think it's um, Hippocrates, if you want to get healthy, you have to be willing to give up the things that make you sick. Whoa, I love that line. That line it encompasses everything, right? Because if you're doing what you're always doing and not getting the result, then and, it, uh, and expecting a different result, then we know that's insanity, right? Like that doesn't work. Okay, we know this logically. Yes, our emotional parts of ourselves might not want to accept it, but it is what it is. And sometimes we have to accept that. 
Okay. Um, so where was I? So in the story, so B um, kept coming to me and she kept talking to me about certain things. And then one day we had a conversation where she said she saw her on some form of social media, TikTok or Instagram or something along those lines where she was like, Craig, I know I'm not losing weight. It's because of my hormones. And as if anyone listening to this knows, I have a fairly relatively um, strong background in hormonal conditions and work and just how hormones work and, and human physiology. So it was always interesting, especially for my work um, running endocrinology. Um, I've also ran gynecology and maternity at a top London hospital that I spent around my, my time around some very clever doctors who used to then send me their patients to help them lose weight. But yet they were the gynecology or the endocrine experts and they sent them to me to lose weight. But that's a whole nother story. Um, so here's the thing. So I, you know, you know me, I'm, I like to lean into these conversations and learn what's going on for this person. So I said, oh, great, B, that's, that's awesome. Like, do you want to tell me which hormone it is that's causing you to gain weight? This is the silence that I got, by the way. And she was very quiet about it. Very quiet. And she was a bit stumped because she'd watched these videos from these um, influencers, creators, whatever you want to call them, who were saying that, you know, it's because of your hormones, why you can't lose weight and you need to balance your hormones. She said, well, you know, obviously I'm gaining weight because my hormones aren't balanced. And I said, okay, no, that's great. I totally understand that. So which hormones aren't balanced and how should they be balanced? She said, yeah, you're right. Um, I need to go back to check the videos and I'll come back to you. And I said, no, no, great. Let's have a conversation in a couple of days. So we did. And she said, it's really interesting, Greg, that I noticed a lot of these people online never tell you which hormones are imbalanced and how they became unbalanced and how to unbalance them. They normally offer you some form of um, supplement and an eating plan. So great. This is, this is music to my ears. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying, yes, there are a few conditions where without medication, certain systems in the body aren't going to work in the way they normally do. So this is mainly for the fairly healthy population who don't have some of these conditions. And I'm talking about hypothyroidism, uh, maybe lymphedema um, is maybe the next one. But it was really interesting that it took her some time to realize what was going on because here's the thing. She'd listened to all of my podcasts. She'd listened to my Facebook lives and she'd been in my free Facebook community. Um, I'll put the link to that. Um, if you would like to join, uh, in the show notes, she'd been in all of those and she'd absorbed everything and said, yes, Greg, I need to sort my nutrition out. But what had happened was that these things around hormones, etc., offers us a way out. It offers us a way out to not be in the wrong. And our ego, yes, ego. See, we're now going on to the subconscious. Our ego does not like to be wrong. 
Our ego does not like to be wrong. So when we look at what's really going on for us and we say, oh, it's my hormones and stuff. Like I can categorically say that 100% of clients that have come to me with hormonal problems have lost weight or lost fat. I prefer lose fat, but anyway, they've, they've managed to alter their body composition to having less fat, more lean tissue through the work we've done together. Despite whatever hormonal conditions they've had. And it's not to say that hormones aren't important. Of course they're important. They're like your, your body's messenger system, right? So I'm not dismissing it, but I want you to really just take a look at what's going on for you. And this is the hardest part of weight loss. It's the ability to know that you have pretty much 100% responsibility for the body you live in. You have 100% autonomy about what you put in it, what you drink, how you get it to recover, how you exercise and move it. You have all of that responsibility. And it's really interesting because most of the ladies I work with are ladies who are, you know, high achieving, high levels of business acumen. Um, They also have, or, or they run a business and running a business is about numbers and data primarily, right? You have to understand where your profit and loss is and what your expenditure is and how many customers have you got coming through the door and how much demand there is. But when it comes to ourselves, we somehow all of a sudden start to ignore the data, right? The data just disappears. And it's really interesting. I've got a friend of mine. um, He's a awesome coach as well. Um, Shout out to Abby, keeps me on my toes. And he is very good at asking me the questions that I don't necessarily want to answer. And the question is always something along the lines of, so have you trained today? <laughs> it's to the fact, to the point. He's not asking about my feelings. He's asking me, have you trained today? Have you been for a walk today? What have you eaten today? Those are the three questions that he will ask me. And, and potentially, did you sleep properly last night? And for me, that accountability is massive. Because even though I know what to do, I've got sports science degree, I've got more certifications in nutrition and fitness than I can, you know, count but the key here is that he's asking me the kind of four questions that make the biggest difference and I can't get away from that I can't hide and be like oh well you know my hormones were playing up blah 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 um because men have hormones too right men have you know there are men who suffer from things like gynecomastica um and other hormonal conditions, right? Low testosterone, men can have hormonal problems too. But it's about, are you taking 100% responsibility for what you do with yourself? And the hard bit, and this is one of the really hard bits of how I work with my clients, but it's the most important lesson. It's, it's never about the nutrition and all of that stuff, which we are. You know, in in the empowered body method, I have a four-step process to work through to help you get the body you want, the health you want, the confidence you want, but also clarity of mind, etc. Because you can't separate the brain and body. But the hardest bit and the biggest hurdle is when we start to take responsibility 
for what we do. Okay. Because yes, there were going to be things like emotions and emotions are important and I'm never going to dismiss emotions. And I'm not saying you should be emotionless. Of course not. We should actually understand. And I guess many of us have never been taught how to interpret emotions, how to handle, deal with, you know, feel them and let them go. But when you really look at the data, okay, and when I say the data, okay, so let's look at some simple data that you can ask yourself that will help you massively in every area of your life. Like every area of your life will improve if you know this data, okay? Have you hit an average of 8,000 steps for the week? Okay, have you hit 8,000 steps average for the week? We have that data, everyone's got a smartwatch nowadays, and it's even on your phone. Have you hit 8,000 steps as a minimum average across the week? Number two, how much quality sleep are you getting? Are you getting seven to eight hours of sleep? Really simple question, but are you getting seven to eight hours of sleep? We know that if you get six and a half hours or less, you're likely to eat more food the next day. I'll let that sink in. Are you in a caloric deficit? Now, this is the interesting thing, and I saw a, a, a post uh, very recently where a lady had, had done a very simple video just saying, when you think you're in a calorie deficit and you're not losing weight, you're not in a calorie deficit. And there was so much reaction and emotion in it, in the responses. You know, there was, oh, but hormones and all of this jazz. But it was really interesting. And again, I, I want you to understand Hormones are important, but what was really interesting is that many people were saying, oh, I'm in a calorie deficit. And I commented on a few and said, well, how are you, how do you know that you're in a calorie deficit? And they were like, oh, um, I track it. And I said, oh, great. How do you track what you put in? So you got to remember, ladies, right? The data that you use is the data that you're going to use to make decisions. So if your data isn't rigorous, then how can you make decisions? It's a little bit the same as your business, right? If your business needs data and your account and you give the accountant dodgy numbers, then guess what happens? Or if you give your um, your IT people or your marketing people the wrong info, then it's not going. They're not going to make the right decisions with those, right? So the question then becomes, how rigorous is that data? So I ask that question. And I say, well hey, well, hey, have you weighed and measured your food? Typically, nobody responds to that bit. And I say this because there seems to be this thought that, you know, to weigh and measure food is disordered eating. Yet, when we go to the greengrocer <laughs> or, or we go to get some meat from the butchers, we um, invariably ask them to weigh the food to ensure we have the right amount for the recipe that we're going to cook. Really interesting. So it's okay. Again, you, do you see the kind of disassociation between us and everything else? It's okay to weigh and measure in this situation, but in this situation, it's not. And on another episode, um, 
I will talk a little bit about my thoughts on disordered eating. Um, I'm no, by no means an expert, but I've got some thoughts about what goes on and what's the real issue there. But people will say, oh, but weighing your food is disordered eating. But you get a recipe to cook a meal and it tells you exactly how much of the food you need to have in order to make the recipe right. So then you ask yourself, what's the difference between that recipe book, which you've got, everyone's got recipe books, and doing it for yourself to see what you put in your mouth so that your recipe for fat loss, if that's what your goal is, is right. And we get really upset by that. We get really like, no, can't do that. It's time consuming. That's that's always a massive one. It's time consuming. Um, and I always ask people, okay, well, let's look at another piece of data. How much time do you spend on your phone? How much time do you look at apps that aren't necessarily to do with your work? And even if they are to do with your work, how much time realistically can you spend on them to um, be effective? Okay, and if you're, like to track your food, I reckon takes 10 to 15 minutes a day maximum. And I think there's this thing where people say, well, it takes the joy out of eating food. And I'm like, but the joy of eating food is actually about the the food you consume, right? It's when you taste it, you chew it, and it's flavorsome, and you're having conversations with people. So is it, and this is the, the paradox of the human brain, is it the fact that you want to have um, no um, inhibition about how much food you can have? And that's where the enjoyment is. And it feels like freedom. If you can, you don't have to wait, it's freeing, all right? Now balance that with the the freedom of being able to fit in your clothes properly, being able to run after the kids, not going to the doctor and him telling you you're, you're pre-diabetic or you have um, some other conditions that are related to the level of body fat you might be carrying. How you show up at your work, when you walk around on stage, are you strutting your stuff or are you kind of closed off because you don't feel confident about that, about how you feel and look in your body? That's a hard pill to swallow. And for me, I'd rather spend a minute or two, make sure I've got the right amount versus the the long-term thing and the long-term freedom I get from that, that I'm in good shape, I feel good, my clothes fit, I'm happy, I feel attractive, etc. all from that kind of two-minute job. I'd rather spend time on a two-minute job again. Have I got the right amount of pasta there? Awesome, that feels good. And in another, again, another episode, I think I'm going to talk about intuitive eating. <laughs> I really want to dive into that. I think that's an important um, thing about the, this conversation. But I really want you to ask yourself those questions. Are you really in a caloric deficit? And this is not a too low amount of food. This is understanding the right amounts of food for you, which is going to be different to everybody. Are you sleeping? Are you getting the right movement? If those three things are locked in and you're really confident about that, then there might be something else going on we need to look into. But let's be honest, nobody loses weight in a calorie surplus, okay? So for those ladies listening, when I say calorie deficit, this just means literally the amount of energy that you use every day. There is a slight um, 
difference in between what you consume versus what you expend each day. Okay. And you want that, that deficit, the amount you consume to be a little bit lower than what you need daily so that you burn body fat. Very simple mechanism, very simple process in, in its over in its entirety. But I think that's the issue. I think sometimes we actually have access to too much information because this process of a calorie deficit has worked for bodybuilders, athletes for years. Like it hasn't changed. And all of a sudden now we're saying, oh, well, you know, this doesn't work because of X, Y, Z, because I heard it on TikTok or some doctor said it. And again, this is the issue. You know, we treat doctors as, as authority figures. Okay. Put on a white coat and give them a stethoscope. They are gods. Um, despite having hardly any nutrition training in their whole seven years in the UK anyway. I think they get about two and a half weeks of actual nutrition coaching or teaching or learning, etc. So hard pill to swallow, but the question I want to leave you with today is, are you taking 100% responsibility for what you do with your body and what goes in your mouth? I'll say again, are you taking 100% responsibility for what you put in your body and what you do with it. And if you can tick off those boxes, then yeah, you might want to get some medical investigation because there could be something going on. But if you get those things right consistently, then you're going to have a massive advantage in terms of feeling good, feeling happy about what's going on with your body. This has been the Great Forum Podcast. And I will see you on the other side. Don't forget to leave a review or share this with friends or share this with someone who needs to hear it. Like I know there's another woman like you who, who needs to hear this information. And this might hurt a little bit this episode, but I think it's massively important because, you know, and my next episode is actually going to be about the wagon, the proverbial wagon. How do you stay on it? Look forward to speaking to you on the next episode.